Welcome back, everybody, to Hour 2 of our conversation with Mayor Shane Blazer, the city of Wisconsin Rapids. Carrie and I are with Coldwell Banker Seward Realtors here in Wisconsin Rapids. We're here for all of your real estate needs if you're looking to buy a house or list a house, or if you'd just like more information about the city. Make sure you check out the website, myrapids.com and myrapids.info if you happen to be looking for listings of homes that are for sale or information about the area. Now let's get back into our conversation with Mayor Shane. We do hope you stick around for the rest of this hour as we continue talking about what's happening for the future of the city of Wisconsin Rapids. Is there any programs that the city has to help families or homeowners improve their property? So sometimes driving around, you kind of see those houses with, you know, the peeling paint, the lawn is like overgrown, you know, trash in the yard, you know, just not looking the best. Is there programs that these homeowners can go to and say, hey, I need some help cleaning up my yard. I need some help with painting, that sort of thing to improve. Um, the, the distressed conditions of some of the properties. There you go. So unfortunately, the only tool that the city has is ordinance control. Um, so if you don't mow your lawn, the city will come and mow it for you, but it gets charged on your tax roll. Um, there is no like maintenance or painting programs because that would take a staff to do it or um, obviously financial resources. So there isn't a, a grant type program for that, but there is there is a, a facade improvement, downtown facade improvement grant that you can apply through the heart of Wisconsin that's sponsored by the city, but they kind of manage it. And so they're trying to, for historic downtown, if you want to follow a historic plan, you can get grant money to help with that. Okay. Um, there's also grant money available if you're going to improve an unimproved lot in the city. You can, uh, if you want to build a house on a vacant lot, they'll they'll give you some grant money to put towards that. If you want to tear down an existing building and building a new house, they'll give you additional grant dollars for that also. Excellent. That is exciting. There are a lot of vacant land opportunities in the city. Um, yeah, we, we know because we look at it like, yep. all We've the time. Got 13, 13 uh, vacant land just listed between the two of us. Um, but overall, I think we're close to that 75 plus of in-city limits for vacant land. Mm -hmm. Yeah, you know, it's obviously you guys know the best now with the real estate market is that, you know, single family and we can talk about, you know, housing and some of those type of things here. But, you know, some of that, the single family, there's not a lot of availability. So, you know, it'd be nice to maybe have a developer work with the city on creating a subdivision or something along those lines to, you know, because that helps increase our tax base and it helps all of us in the community is, you know, the bigger our tax base, hopefully the less taxes we have to pay and we can spread it out a little bit more. So seeing how you brought that up. Yep. Um, so here's my question. I always like to ask this question. Um, is there plans for expanding into that townhouse condo situation? Most people always mention the single family dwelling units. You know, we do have, I look at the millennials. You know, they're, mm -hmm. they want to own their own home, but they're not set up for doing the lawn maintenance. They still mm -hmm. want to go out and party on the weekends. Their job may take them out of town during the week. So there's not that opportunity to have it, but they do want to be homeowners. Mm -hmm. Is there plans for doing the condos or a townhouse situation? So that way you can have more opportunities, mm -hmm. but in a smaller space. Yeah, so we there are a couple plots of lands that we are working with trying to find a developer interest in developing that. So we, ha as you guys know, we have land available. Now we have to find a develop developer who is interested in developing that land. And then not make that price be in that 400000 right. you know, for a base model. Mm -hmm. You know, if they can find a way to make it in that one hundred or that 150 base model so that way we can have some of those younger kids or be more attracted mm -hmm. To, for those younger, gen I keep calling them kids, but that the younger generation, you know, right. in their twenties, thirties that, you know, I want to own my own home, but I'm not ready for the yard maintenance. I'm not ready for that. Right. Or vice versa. Those who are in their forties, fifties who are like, I had the yard, 
I'm done with the yard, but I want to move on, but I still can't afford that $400,000 price Mm -hmm. tag. Yeah. I was trying to find that balance there. And so, you know, I know Kyle Kearns, our community development director is working with developers and reaching out and contacting them. And anytime like uh, a project being done in the community, he'll make contact with that developer and see what other, because most of these developers have contacts with other retailers. They might Mm -hmm. like the Starbucks developer right now might have contact with other national chains that they work with. And so we, you know, we're trying to make those connections that, well, what's the next thing we can bring to town? This developer does Starbucks. He might do another retail store. And if we can convince them that, you know, this community might be a good place to, you know, build that retail store that could be successful here, you know, the more, the better for us. Are we looking at getting another retail store in like the Shopco area is has there been talks of bringing something else in? I mean, right now, all we have is pretty much Walmart. Mm-hmm. So if we need to go get a shirt for the wedding or for a funeral, you know, right. the only place we have in town right now is going to be Walmart. So is there going to be another company coming in to kind of help fill that second void? We would gladly welcome any company that would like to come in. You know, you're kind of really hand strapped by, you know, whether or not they feel you know, hey, we're in Point and Plover. People from Rapids gladly drive there. Right. So why why have that expense and cost of another retail space? And so trying to find that balance and, you know, that's a struggle of economic development in every community right now is trying to attract that next retail space or that next, next business. So you can even say next company, next manufacturing company, Next industry is that's the challenge because every community is competing against every other community to try to get that one. You know, like when we got Metalkal here, mm-hmm. that started out as a state project, came through the state, and and what they do is they'll they'll give it some code name. You don't know it's Metalkal or Company X Y Z, and then they'll give them some sites. Hey, you might be interested in this site, this site, and this site. And Rapids was one for that business. They're also looking at other states. We put together a nice economic development incentive package for them, and ultimately they chose to come here. And so it's really you're, we're competing against other like communities for these projects, and because there's so few and far in between, especially with COVID, you know, people aren't expanding right now. And there was other opportunities pre-COVID that just kind of stopped and fell through. Right. And right. so we're hoping now. Now that uh, we're moving to a different phase, hopefully here, that, that'll kind of revitalize some of those discussions again. Because yeah, if we, you know, you drive down A Street, you know, we've got the old Shopco building that is now vacant. We had the old Staples building that is vacant. Yep. And then I want to say County Market is also vacant too as well. I mean, we're looking at some mm-hmm. pretty large buildings that are vacant and everyone's like, well, why can't we just get a business in there? Yep. And so, even some chunks of uh, open land like, right. uh, down by Pasquale's. Yes. Mm-hmm. Or in that neck of the woods. Yeah. You know, I mean, we, we are a great place. I mean, we're centrally located. So mm-hmm. I guess I get to hear a lot of the, well, why, you know, what is the city doing to attract a business? Because we need something besides paper. You know, we're no longer a paper company right. or a paper city. So what is, what is our city doing? And I know so, that there's a lot of nuts and bolts that move on behind the scenes of how to attract a business. And a lot of it in part comes down to working with these developers and trying to entice them to go back to these retail chains to come here. You know, it's so if we can wine and dine them while they're here and building and going, Hey, we're, we're really in an awesome group. They can go mm-hmm. back to their friends and say, Hey, I had this mm-hmm. great experience in Wisconsin Rapids. Let's bring in them another, another business. I mean, do they just pick up the phone then and say, Hey Shane, I got, you know, X, Y, Z coming into town, got a place for them. Or is there more more detailed things? A little bit more. Usually it's more us trying to fight for it because a lot of these places aren't readily looking to expand or looking to open up another location. So, you know, it's just not easily like going to a trade show and say, hey, we're Wisconsin Rapids and all these people are, all these companies are going around to look for that next community. It doesn't work like that. You know, they, they're not... You know, they're not begging communities to come for them to go to those communities. So it's about, you know, just, you know, I think it's about selling ourselves, whether you're a developer, you come into town to build Metalco or there's a solar project that's going to be starting this year down, you know, down in Saratoga or 
even simply, you know, like a Starbucks chain, that's a national chain with a national developer who has contacts with other national chains. And so, you know, it's about selling us by being a good community, you know, you know, working, you know, as a city, you know, not putting up roadblocks, but um, helping support their project as long as it's done within the zoning and those type of things. But, you know, trying to sell us, tell us as a good community that, Hey, you know, this developer had a lot of success here, liked working with the community, liked working with the city. And then they can go back and say, Hey, this town might be another good place to bring in retail XYZ. And, and that's what you try to sell yourself on. Now for industrial type things and manufacturing, A, that's even really hard to get, but you know, you have to be positioned financially to be able to offer incentives, whether it be um, based on job creation, you know, what can we help them out with infrastructure, make sure they have power that they need and, you know, trying to come up with a, a fair economic plan or incentive plan to get them here. But it, as long as there's a benefit to the city, through usually through job creation. If you create so many jobs, we'll, we'll incentivize it by, you know, this $100,000 or things like that. But it's tough. In this day and age, it's really tough. There's a number of things that, you know, really make Wisconsin Rapids uh, a convenient place for a lot of that. I mean, we've got the airport infrastructure that mm-hmm. just got built up. That's phenomenal. Um, we're getting some national exposure. I know Realtor.com and Inman, uh, just to name a few, named Wisconsin Rapids in the top 10 upcoming vacation destinations for buying your second vacation home. So that, that was neat national exposure. You know, we've got the HGTV that was out a couple of years ago mm-hmm. doing an expose on us. So um, being enticing with housing availability certainly is. And like you said, you know, getting into some of those grants and developing the unimproved lots, mm-hmm. you know, that's going to be huge. Yeah. You know, with our low inventory right now with uh, housing, it's, and the nice thing is it, it's across the market. It's across the yeah. board. I mean, we can take you over to Montana and guess what? They're going to be in the same exact right. boat that we're in. So it, it's hard to look at someone and say, hey, come come move here. And hey, you're bringing 10 families right away. Cool. Um, yeah, we don't have really much of a house for you to buy, but hey, we got some vacant land. Right. You know, so it, it's a little bit of that that trade-off. Yeah, but, but it'll be two years before they can build. <laughs> That's, well, yeah. no, no, no. While they're building their company... They can just bring an extra crew to build the house for the people to live in. I mean, that's how they did it way back in the day. You know, you got one crew working on, you know, building the paper mill and you had another crew building the house where everybody then lived Mm -hmm. while they're doing everything. So, I mean, we could almost go back to those old time ways. Well, you even think the rental market, you know, we had a, we had a gentleman get hired in the city here, brought his family here. They moved here and he almost had to rent a place in Marshfield. Because mm-hmm. it was so hard to find a place. And luckily something became available and he was able to get into a place, but he was kind of getting nervous there for a little bit. And we're we're hearing a, a lot of that from the sellers as well. You know, they want to take advantage of the hot market, but then they're like, we don't even know where we're going to go for, even for a rental because there's no rental units right. out there. Yeah. That's the, yeah. You want to, if you want to play that market and, and take advantage of a, of a very nice market right now, yeah, you turn around and where do you go from there on a rental right. or you want to purchase or even build? Like you said, you, you're going to be waiting for building and construction costs keep going up. And mm-hmm. Yep. Uh, one of the other things that we found is that thought process, but from the Stevens Point area. So people work in Stevens Point, like you said, they might, you know, be more convenient for us to go there to shop. Well, it's also convenient for people to work there, but live here. Absolutely. And housing prices here are about 15, 20% less for comparable homes in Stevens Point. So there, there, there's so much benefit here in Rapids, even though we're, you know, 15 miles away, 20 miles away from an interstate. Mm-hmm. Just a skipping a jump over here, though. Right. And then you know, with uh, 54, it's just, it's quick. Mm-hmm. Yep. It, it's a quick ride. And yeah, we're seeing a lot of that as, you know, people choosing to live here and raise their families here, but working elsewhere. Which is a good sign for Rapids. And, you know, we have with uh, the quadplex complex going on and, you know, that's going to be the influx of potential, you know, college teams playing there and, you know, youth tournaments and keeping that place active and, you know, turf in the football field, which is going to, you know, our, like you said, our central location is, is a really huge selling point here. 
you know, you can travel any part of the state roughly the same same amount of time. And are we looking at trying to get the state football move yeah. to Rapids? I mean, right now I believe it's done at Camp Randall. So I mean, there's always you know, let's go to Madison and it's Camp Randall. But are we looking at trying to grab that and bring it to the Rapids area? I know that. Um, you know, playoff games are definitely a, a very good possibility because of our central location and having the turf complex. And, mm-hmm. um, you know, Marshfields has their turf complex. So we're, you know, we're kind of catching up to some people, but I still say that our central location is, is a huge selling point and which puts us above every other, a lot of other communities. And I was driving by the high school just last week and realized that there was no track anymore. It is like gone. Yep. So... There's going to be a brand new track installed. Okay. And then that's where the turf football field will be put in there. Okay. And that was all accumulated through donations. Um, but yeah, the, the track was long overdue for replacement. So it made sense that uh, there'll be a new, hopefully I think by August they're open to have that part of the project completed. Yeah. So Cause, I know th- cause that track is well over 20 years old already. Right. Yeah. You know, we're usually track state is down on lacrosse mm-hmm. at UW lacrosse. Are we, I mean, I think right now we have, well, we have hockey. Hockey, gymnastics. Gymnastics. Cross country. Cross, cross country. country. Well, and the water ski tournament. And the know. water ski tournament. Yeah. I mean, we really are missing just a few of the big state tournaments yeah. here in Rapids, which I think is really great. I mean, it's a great asset that the yep. city has. Yep. I really think that they should keep that because it's kind of, it's what, what we're kind of known for and the sports world as you go to rapids for this, you know, even with the BMX, I mean, we've got oh, yeah. a lot of huge, you know, we have beautiful facilities throughout the city. And I think it's just mm-hmm. one of those things. Are we looking at trying to do just a, you know what, we're going to kind of dominate that, I, that, that arena. I'd be completely fine with that, to be honest. Cause I, I think about my, my own personal situation, you know, my daughter, we, she played softball and, we travel as far as Kansas. And so, you know, families are willing to travel uh, for good competition, good facilities. And, you know, if we can I'd brand ourselves as having offering that in youth sports, you know, whether it be hockey or football or baseball or softball, um, it's good for our community because it's good for the restaurants, good for the gas stations, mm-hmm. our hotels, um, you know, our water park during the summer, you know, all that will factor into that. So one of the things with housing that we look at is what's called walkability. Mm. So if you're living in town, how close are you to walking to, you know, the amenities to get groceries and all that jazz. Um, So kind of in line with like a public transit thought process, you know, Rapids has a really good walkability score because we're fairly small and the trails that we mentioned and everything is, you know, along 8th Street kind of is a, a linear portion of the city and everyone's kind of built off of that. So they can mm-hmm. all come to 8th Street and use it, that as, you know, I mean, thoroughfare for foodstuffs and shopping. And mm-hmm. it's even a couple, it can even be like a block off. I mean, I think of, yeah. you know, we've got West Grand, East Grand that goes through too. I mean, mm-hmm. you know, the library is is perfectly located. It's not like on a super busy street, but yet still close enough from most houses. I mean, mm-hmm. if you do like a, within a mile radius of it, I mean, that covers quite a bit, a chunk of, mm-hmm. of rapids. But then people who are a little bit farther off from those beaten paths, do we have like a, a public transportation system here? We do not have public transportation. And at one point there, there was discussion of some bus. I'll take that back. We do have, we do have a cab system. Um, so that does assist, but we do not have like a regular bus route or anything like that. Like okay. Stevens point does. And, um, it just kind of never really kind of took off here. There was discussions about having a bus route at one point. I remember several years ago between Rapids point and Marshfield and you can get a bus and you, you could take a, a, a bus system like that. But Rapids has never had, I think since the back in the day when we had a trolley, downtown into Nakusa went years ago, but yeah. uh, otherwise our only uh, transportation system is uh, um, a cab system. And I'll announce it here that uh, our bike share program is returning. Oh, it, good. Ha- it had left um, because uh, I think the company that had it kind of went under. And so it sounds like there's a new partnership. And so we should be bringing that bike share program back also. And I saw that we had some of those stationed over at Lake Wazicha. I went yep. for a little bit of a walk and it was nice to see that the 
the stand was there. The bikes mm-hmm. have yet to come out. So Correct. when do the mic, do, when do the bikes come out? That I have not been told. Um, but it's sometime are, in the future. It'll be in the near future. We are going to be working on our stations here in the city. I'm trying to find the maybe some better locations because uh, we want to make sure it doesn't interfere with uh, maintenance activities. And uh, lunch by the river, it kind of got a little congested sometimes with the, the bike share program down there. But so we're we're going to be working on some of the locations, but it will be in the near future. Okay. So our system that we have here in many communities have is through road improvements is done through a, a combination of the utilities, the city, um, and also homeowners through special assessments. Mm-hmm. And I probably oh, special assessments. Special assessments are horrible. We love those. Yes, we all do. I had one on my house not long after I had purchased it, and. Yeah, it's many, many thousands. And you know, I talk to a lot of people and it's really, you know, it's really a strain a lot on fixed income seniors. And, you know, that's, that's a big concern that they think it's going to push them out of their house. And, and it potentially it could based on the size of their assessments. So what we started looking at last year and we, we had hired an engineering firm and a, a financial firm to develop a, special, uh, a public utility. And basically what it would be is to create a, a public transit utility that we would all put in as wrap as residents, like a stormwater utility, and we'd all put in X number of dollars a month. And that money would be used to fund the special assessments. Okay. So we could get rid of special assessments and, and that burden some on homeowners. And we'd all, since we all share the, the public roadway, you know, the thought of me, just because I live on this street, I'm the only one putting in for it. And then everybody else that lives on the street next next to me is still driving on the road. So we all, so we're trying to come up with a better cost share and it's based on the amount of traffic that you, you have. So a residential would have, they call them trips. And, and so residents would have a low trip number of uh, uh, some other business might have a high trip number based on the amount of traffic you generate. And so this firm has done a number of these in communities and it's kind of becoming a more popular way of, Instead of doing a wheel tax, you know, some communities do wheel tax where okay. they charge you a little bit more on your uh, vehicle, vehicle registrations or they do a combination of special assessments, wheel tax. We're looking at just getting rid of all that and just creating this um, utility. And on Tuesday night, which on May 4th, that they're going to introduce that to city council and they're going to give a <clears throat> presentation on kind of what this could look like. You know, I have a concern for, you know, nonprofits. You know, we've heard from churches already that have a concern about it because they are nonprofit. The problem is a lot of those people don't realize that churches are not exempt from special assessments. Mm-hmm. So in the last 10 years, we've had five churches with special assessments over $81,000. So that's a cost on the church. And, and so if we can, you know, potentially eliminate that and then they can, but I, we have to see what, their trip number is because you don't want to see a church that paying a high higher amount than they're already paying for a special assessment. And same with small businesses. I have a concern for small businesses because it seems like the, these type of things affect small businesses quite a bit. But as a homeowner, we will be the, probably the least affected because we don't generate a lot of trips because there's just not as much vehicle traffic. So I take a, for instance, over on like um, 12th and Chestnut where St. Vincent is. Yep. So St. Vinny's covers an entire block. Yep. So they got four streets wrapping I all the way around they them. they got two blocks. Well, yeah, but yeah, it, they it's- they got two it's, blocks because the church is on one. Four, four streets the, around. Yeah, the because oh, yep. the school, the playground is on the other. Mm-hmm. And then they've got the bus traffic going on, on 12th to pick up the kids, you know, mm-hmm. a couple times a day. Um so I could see, yeah, they they would have a lot of trips, you know, but they'd also have a lot of assessment potential if by you know, footage, right? Mm-hmm. Um, but now we used to live close to there, and we had a lot of school bus traffic due to the school being there. Mm-hmm. So I'm thinking to myself, my road's getting beat up in front of my house, but I'm not using it. It's the school bus from the school, you know, block or two away. Mm-hmm. So by based on this new system. 
you know that that pot of that pot of money that's being collected through this utility would then use to do that street that portion of the street improvement. Mm-hmm. It won't change what the the city puts in for surfacing. It won't change what you know water and light pays and the stormwater utility and the wastewater utility. But that that residential portion would be covered underneath that utility that we all put into and we all share that cost. So that bus that continuously goes by your house, you know, that, that also will be covered. You're not going to be actually paying for that. You know, it'll be, it'll be spread out through all of it, through the community and um, it can make a difference, but we have to see what the numbers look like. Right. But still though, you know, I know a small business that has a $35, $35,000 estimate coming up for their small business on a special assessment. Well, if boy, it'd take a, it would take a pretty high utility cost to even come close to that lifetime of that business to hit 35000 Right. And that, that could be detrimental to a small business also. So the special assessment, you know, here's an option. and It's something we're going to look at. We're going to evaluate. We're going to see how it looks. But, you know, it could be a good alternative. I think it's better to alternate. Something's got to be better than what we're doing because it it is really – you know, I think about these churches and, and their their members are, a lot of them are seniors. Sure. And so their members are being dramatically affected by by these special assessments. And if we can switch to a different model here that might help spread that out over everybody, I think there'd be a lot less stress in, in a group of people in this community. I think it'll be a lot better taken than like a, a wheel tax or... Yeah. It, because those um, already have negative stereotypes. Mm-hmm. And wheel them. tax usually affect only residential type vehicles. So you know, a lot of the bigger type trucks, they're, they're exempt from wheel taxes. So it really comes down to the homeowner that's paying that wheel tax, which is disproportionately and unfair. And, and yeah. that's my problem with the wheel tax. Well, with the wheel tax too, do you have then a problem with people who live in Grand Rapids? They're not, I mean, this is, we're talking city, but I go right across the street and you know, at that house is in Grand Rapids, they don't get the wheel tax, but that person is still using the city roads. You know, where does the line in the sand get drawn of, you know, where does this wheel tax go? And so with the, with the transportation utility, the thought is also that if you're a Grand Rapids resident, you're coming in and supporting a Wisconsin Rapids resident, you're in essence helping pay for that utility. Because you're creating trips and, you know, that's gets factored into the cost for that small business or that business. And so everybody's supporting it through us purchasing the goods at that business or retail store. So when you have the, when you say that you've talked with other cities, you're going with cities that have the same amount of people living in it. So we're comparing apples to apples. We're not going, okay, you know what? We're taking Wisconsin Rapids and we're comparing it to um, Chicago or so, Minneapolis. So right. it's, we're close to the same. I mean, usually we hear Wausau. Right. We do whatever Wausau is doing, but are we looking at cities close to the same size? So, so trips are based on the classification of the business. So it's really not based on city to city. It's based on the type of business. So you think about a resident generally will have the kind of the same trips, whether I be here in Point or here in Rapids or go to Point, my resident will probably develop roughly the same amount of trips. Okay, if so I trips, two, I, I, need a, I need that understanding yeah, just so a little bit. What do you mean by a like, trip? Like um, the amount of traffic. So like I have two cars at my house. My two cars in Point will generate the same amount of traffic as my two cars in Rapids. My McDonald's is going to develop a, quite a different amount of traffic trips but but from point to rapids it's going to roughly be the same so so they base these engineering or these firms base it on the classification of the business whether you be a residence a church a nonprofit, a gas station a fast food food, that sort of thing of the number of cars that go through yep the amount of traffic they generate on the roadways okay it's going to be an interesting debate and discussion and we'll see where it goes you know there are there are people already skeptical skeptical and concerned that, you know, it's unfairly going to put, you know, nonprofits in a, and they're going to be paying a disproportionate amount. And, and we don't know what it's going to look like till May 4th. And then I was going to say, when is that going to be again? So that way we can. Yep, May 4th, there'll be a, or it's going to be introduced to our public works committee slash 
um, committee of the whole. So the whole council is going to meet so they can get, there's going to be a presentation. They're going to kind of explain it all, kind of see how the numbers look. And it's just an introduction. There's not going to be a decision made. Um, this needs time to digest a little bit because. Is there going to be a chance for open floor discussion? Yep. We'll end up having, having that opportunity tomorrow night or on May 4th tomorrow that they probably, they won't have much discussion. It's just going to be more of a presentation, maybe some general questions. And then it's time to digest it, look at it, look at the numbers, give uh, the public an opportunity. You know, we're going to, I'm going to try to get it out there as much as possible, whether it be in radio, newspaper, and try to talk about it and get people to think about it, ask questions of their council people, you know, we'll end up having another meeting down the road, more meetings down the road. This is something that we're just not going to kind of push through real quick because I think it's very important that it's done, set up correctly and that most of our questions are answered. Okay. So now uh, this radio show we're doing pre-recorded, so this is going to air after that meeting happens. Perfect. Um, I know Rapids does a lot of uh, community media. So if, mm-hmm. you know, going on the internet, uh, Facebook, you guys do a lot of live for not just the main council meetings, but also the committees. Correct. And then I think there's also a, a YouTube page that we can kind of go back and look at the archives. Yep. So they'll all be out, put on all that media platform. Um, like you said, the YouTube, it's it's recorded out there and it's saved out there. So people can go and review that. And So if I happen to be on Facebook and I, I run across this, is there a way to ask a question during the during these meetings? Or what is the appropriate way to ask a question during a city council meeting or so the only way to ask a question would be to be there in person. Okay. Um, and same with us, you know, committee meetings where we try to do a, a bulk of our work and a lot of discussion and debate happens. Sometimes it flows into council meetings, but typically a council meeting is not really uh, an open forum, but a council person can recognize you if you want to speak. And, and historically the council has been very receptive to allowing people to speak. You know, some you go to some, whether it be county boards, school boards, they might have an open forum at the beginning, and that's the only time the public will have any opportunity to say anything. We've always allowed participation throughout the meeting. Okay. Or is there going to be letters going out to all of the city homeowners, and that way they know that we're changing, we're getting rid of the, assess- the assessment, and we're going to this new program? Are, are they going to have that? Are they going to know that it's going to happen? Um, so if we go to it, there would be some more discussion about it. So that it. way we can have like a town meeting mm-hmm. of, you know what, I didn't know this was going on, but now I have some concerns as a homeowner. I know that, okay, on July 15th, it's not the real date. We're just right. picking dates. Yep, yep. <laughs> on July 15th. Mm-hmm. <laughs> we're exactly. <laughs> you know, we're going to have, we're going to have another, like a town meeting that if you as a homeowner want to go talk to you or bring up that concern, you know, on the 15th is when this is going to happen. Yeah. So we'll, we'll have our regular, those we'll have further discussions at our committee meeting where, where that'll be an opportunity to speak. And and I think as this starts getting presented, there'll be more, you know, people question and I'll talk about on my regular radio shows. Uh, I'm not opposed to doing things in community media um, and and the papers will pick it up. And so it should be a discussion point, hopefully within the community and, and people that have questions will be able to contact us. And, and then we'll have a, it'll eventually get to council. It'll go to council a couple of times, but, uh, you know, my goal is that this process takes a little while, many, several months. This well, is not like an, an overnight. No, you know, it's, I think it's too big of a way of doing business because we've done this business this way for, for decades and it's quite a change. And I think we have to make sure that we're all aware of it. Is everybody going to be happy with it? Probably not, but it definitely the, most people that have a special assessment Nobody has ever been happy with that. Nobody has ever, ever thought a special assessment was fair. And it's just something that you just bite your tongue and you, whether you pay it off or you got into 15 year payment plan. But if this special, if this new way of doing it, it is, I can't see how it's going to be worse, you know, but right. we have to see how it is, you know. But one of the things that I thought was interesting with uh, special assessments and kind of the how much the homeowner would pay versus how much the actual project cost per unit, yep. per mile, all that Perfect. jazz, yep. that the city was covering so much more. And it is way more expensive than people realize. Yeah, it's just, it's you're talking maybe 
percentages of the project. It's it's a small fraction. You know, I might pay ten thousand dollars, but it costs hundreds and hundreds of thousands of dollars spread out across to everybody else. So you're right. It's it is really such a small fraction, and but it, it's a large number though. You it's know, a large number for the individual. Yeah, mm-hmm. especially all of a sudden you get that paper in the mail saying, "Ooh, it's like a." The anti-lottery, you get that letter saying, well, you're going to be, your estimate for your project next year is this. And you're, it comes out of nowhere. You right, know? And right. There's no, no planning. Like, oh, I, I got to start squirreling some money away for this project. Well, I know when Chestnut got redone, yeah. that was the biggest thing that the neighbors would talk about is because, well, we were the second house in. So we weren't the corner house because then they got Chestnut and then that little bit into the next road. Mm-hmm. And those corner homes really got it bad and they're like i cannot believe this and that was the the discussion and there was one house or like we'll just sell before this even goes through so that way we don't have to take care of it the next homeowner can well and then they have to disclose it right right yeah so then that also is part of the sale and that's yeah be concerning too i think about on the west side of town on chase street they just redid that now they're redoing 18th avenue so some people are going to get hit one year on one side and then they're going to get hit on the Again, other side. Again, on the on other, the other side. side. And how can that be fair? You know, it's, you feel bad for them. Right. Well, and in my personal experience, I used to live off of Gaynor on the west side, mm-hmm. Gaynor Avenue, and um, they did a street resurface, you know, all that project. And maybe two or three years later, when I went to go sell my house, uh, this was back in 20. 12, 2013. So the market wasn't as robust as it is right now. Mm -hmm. And I had to then pay off the assessment as part of the sale uh, of the property. property. So I got cut out of my profit, my funds for it. does not go away. That's Caesar. And, Mm -hmm. you know, we're looking at uh, starting a a mill and overlay program too, because there's some roads out there where the infrastructure is really good, but the ride quality is absolutely horrible. So we're, we're looking at, um, um, we, there's a degradation fee that the city collects. So if I'm a utility and I cut into a road, I have to pay a fee for, for the degradation of that road because I'm cutting into it. And so we're going to put that into a fund and start using that money to maybe um, you mill off a certain amount of percentage of the road and you come back and you overlay it with new asphalt. So we're trying to hopefully extend, you know, the life of the road by, you know, the infrastructure being good. Well, then we'll do a mill and overlay. And hopefully do X amount of miles of road a year, be able to do that. And that'll improve the ride quality on those roads. Well, I know we had to put in uh, natural gas to our house because we were still a fuel, fuel oil. oil. Oh. And, you know, there was the debate with the, with the natural gas company. They're like, okay, well, we really don't want to dig up the road. You know, can we, you know, can we, let's look at alternatives to get you natural gas and, it was a, an option. It was an yeah. option of let's dig up the road. Luckily, they didn't have to go under the road. Right. We were on the crux side, but the other homes on the other side, if they wanted to get natural gas, it was digging it up the road yeah. mm-hmm. because they may not be able to get down deep enough and bore underneath. Yeah. One of, one of the things yeah. I appreciate about the city and talking with people, you know, in the government portion is y'all are really creative with these things. Um, problem solving and finding solutions and looking outside of our area, uh, like Carrie mentioned, comparing ourselves to other bigger cities, but maybe they've got good ideas that we could downsize and use here. So it's, it's been, it's been a really good thing to kind of keep an eye on what y'all are doing. Yeah. I always say, I always, I'm not the smartest guy in the room, but I, there's, I've got a really smart team and I've got, got some really great individuals in the city that are, are very conscientious of that and trying to be proactive while, while trying to keep the taxpayer in mind. And, and that's important to do because it just can't be about spending money. So one thing we did not cover, I think we should cover, is the location of City Hall. So where exactly is City Hall located? Because if I had to go find it when I first moved here, I would drive right past it because it doesn't look like a city <clears throat> hall. Yeah, it just it just doesn't. It, so it looks like a bunker that was built in the fifties, right? You know, if it, someone it, told me it, to go find the bunker, been, yeah, I don't know when it was built. I can't remember, but it was probably somewhere sixties, and, um, and apparently it's across the road from the previous city hall. Um, but it's down on on Grand Avenue, so it's on the west side of the river. It's down by the new YMCA, and yeah, it's a three story uh, concrete kind of building, and 
it's different than the concrete building down by the river, but uh, that's the county building, and we're just uh, further down the road. And um, yeah, and it's, it's unique because City Hall is partnered right with Rapids PD. Correct. They're in the so same building. They're in the same building. Yep. So coming from Nakusa, our City Hall is with the PD, is with the fire and oh, with yeah. the police department. So it's like both cities. It's like, let's build one building and run everything out of one building. Yep. It's kind of smart. It's centrally located, yeah. Yeah, it's you know, centrally located. We, we have to have the two fire departments because we're, we're handicapped by the tra- railroad tracks. So, you know, we, we have to have a west side just for the safety of the people on the west side and in case if they get cut off from the east side because of the railroad. And so, yeah, that's why we, you know, it'd be nice maybe to have a centrally located fire department at some point in our future, but we have to, we have to come up with a solution on the railroad and. Well, and the river too. And the river. Mm-hmm. If something were to destroy, you know, maybe the dam failed and took out all the bridges from one side of the river to the other, you know, that keeping that mm-hmm. separation is a good thing too. Yeah. And so that's why it's important to have both sides in the ambulance services. And, you know, we don't want to have any, any, any of those services hindered by whether it be a natural disaster or the railroad. So part of the services, we talked fire department, uh, the fire department also takes care of the ambulance service for the city. Yes, that's correct. And they're, they're very highly trained, um, advanced life support paramedics. And yeah, they, they just, uh, received, I I wish I, I, it's called like cast, cast accreditation. It's a national accreditation. They come in a group of, uh, people and they evaluate the, the system. And, and I was lucky enough to sit on the the final final results phone call or zoom call here this year. And they said, this is a model fire department. They said that they wish across the country that this could be the one of the model fire departments to show what other fire departments, you know, what your fire department could look like. I could not believe the, the amount of praise and the things that they said about our fire department. I knew they're good guys and, and they're well-trained. And if I needed an emergency, I gladly, I, I'm very comfortable with the coming, but, but hearing an outside group of people that don't, don't work in the state, they're from other, other states to praise our fire department, the way they praise them. It's, it's something people don't understand how well our fire department is. Yeah. Um, and the police department, Chief Blevins is doing a, a fantastic job. Yes, he is. I think he's nope. back off of injured reserve now. <laughs> yep. He's, yeah, he's, he's good, you know? And so yeah, our police department is really doing well and, uh, and it's a, it's a very well-run operation and I'm very proud of our police department also. And I know they're, uh, he's looking at a lot of creative things on how to keep policing up to date and a lot of community oriented policing. So it's, yeah, we went to body cameras and yep. updated technology there for the safety of our officers and for the public. And, mm-hmm. you know, there's, it's, just transparent. And, you know, so I, you know, I, I look at what I, you know, we all look at our tax bills and all the different portions. I look at what I pay on my tax bill for city services. And I feel I'm getting a good value having, having the infrastructure, you know, our street department and, you know, our police and fire and and our wastewater operation. And, you know, it's pretty neat. You can go out to um, our city's website and go to the wastewater page and you can get an hour long tour and uh, explanation on our wastewater treatment plant. The, the tech now, that's probably the biggest thing when I became mayor and, and going on a very detailed tour over there, then again, wastewater treatment plant. How exciting is that? But oh, the technology, there's a lot of stuff over there. The technology and that they put into that is just amazing. I, I never, ever would have thought that kind of technology goes into it and the science and, and the bacteria and, you know, keeping it all that, all those levels correct is, it's quite a science. And then I, is, isn't there a partnership between them and uh, the Veolia, the, the dump site for garbage? Um, something about wastewater treatment and whatnot, pulling stuff from the, the dump or vice versa. I forget how it goes. Or maybe that was the uh, Malorganite substitute you were talking about. So, yeah, I think, you know, I think they, the methane off the dump is something that's used somewhere. But, uh, you know, we, we produce you know, through our processes at the wastewater treatment plant, to help make them sustainable in our last expansion, they produce a lot of electricity. So they produce a lot of their own electricity there for uh, in their operations based on you know, the technology or the process of processing wastewater. Um, 
And so they, they produce a lot of their own electricity there. That is phenomenal. Now, can just anyone walk in and just say, hey, I'd like a tour? No. <laughs> <laughs> go to the, go, I, go I, up to the website and you can get a really great okay. tour. And, and yeah, you can watch a video and they, they use a drone in it. And uh, there's a lot of, it's really interesting. And I, I, I pulled it up one day and I kind of got enthralled. And all of a, sudden, a half hour later, I was like, wow, that was kind of interesting. I've been to actual very detailed tours there of where they described all the processes and showed me everything and, you know, how they have discs floating in the tanks and those discs are in there to help the bacteria attach to it. And there's so much science in that. And you know, it's, I, I never could get excited about wastewater treatment before, but it's kind of interesting once, once you see the big process. But go out to the website and watch the video. Cool. So... Kind of a personal question for you, your, your opinion. There's a lot of stuff to do in Wisconsin Rapids. We've got a lot of events, uh, you know, talking with the Chamber of Commerce and the CVB. But what do you look forward to every year? What, what's something that is your favorite? Well, one thing I love about Wisconsin, central Wisconsin, is hunting. Okay. I, I enjoy uh, spending time in the woods. Uh, uh, lately on Saturdays, my son and I like to go out to my buddy's shooting range and you know, he's 13, my son is. And so I'm teaching him responsible gun safety and, uh, shooting my pistols and I enjoy that. And, uh, we're going to get our bows out here and start shooting our bows. And I kind of like the outdoors aspects of central Wisconsin and, and, and Wisconsin. Fishing? Fishing. I kind of, when I had kids in sports, I had kind of choose between hunting and fishing. And so I spend more time hunting, but my son is really kind of has a desire to fish. So are we uh, casting or are we fly fishing? I mean, there, there is different levels of fishing. So let's touch there. We'll start out casting. And uh, so I have promised him this, this year, we'll spend some more time uh, trying to fish and become uh, fishing buddies too. And instead of just hunting buddies. Excellent. But I enjoy time activities with my family outdoors, whether it be um, sports or hunting and fishing or just sitting around in my backyard, enjoying our nice weather. Cool. Well, Carrie, do you have anything else? I would think the last question we would have here is what, as a mayor, are you looking forward to coming up here in Rapids? I am looking forward to it, especially because I had a unique situation that, you know, I started my first year of mayor as a pandemic. You know, pretty much everything was shut down, which was kind of a unique situation. So I'm looking as a mayor and personally, I'm looking forward to being able to spend more time out and doing community things, meeting with businesses, going to events. You know, I enjoy going to, going to, to your uh, morning rotary. I I have a lot of fun there. And I was just talking to a fellow member today saying how much I enjoy, you know, the, the activities of that club. And there's many great clubs in our city. And, you know, whether you want, there's so many things you can get involved in here and, and, find find personal connections and just enjoyments in, in those clubs. Okay. I think I have one more last question. Uh, okay. All right. So 4th of July, Absolutely. are we doing fireworks? We are. are we going to have the city band out back again down by the Centralia Center? There's a tongue twister this late <laughs> at night, but are we doing fireworks this year? Absolutely. We are doing fireworks. We've already started planning into city. Uh, city band is actually going to do their uh, performances at Robinson Park in the band shell again this year. And, yeah, we're going to have everything that we've had downtown and, you know, people that don't feel comfortable don't need to come out down or uh, you can take the beauty of our fireworks in our downtown is that you can be out on the outskirts of the groups and still very, very much enjoy a good fireworks show. Oh, yeah. You don't need to be down in the midst of it, standing on a bridge in the crowds if you don't want to. There's just a lot of opportunities you can take advantage of, of the fireworks from many locations in the community. Boats in the water, so I know safety is always a concern whenever we are shooting off fireworks. It is a fire, um, you know, boats in the water. I know that has been some things that people look forward to doing or, you know, that's, or it's a new thing that's been started of, you know, it, let's do get everybody on the pontoon and let's go up to the river. Mm-hmm. Are we making sure that we're staying far enough away that boats are not going underneath that drop zone? Yep. So they do set up a safety zone by, um, by our... Our fireworks, uh, people that light, light it off, have a based on the size of the shell determines the safety zone. So the the more bigger and grander shots that you have, the bigger the safety zone is. So you're trying to find that sweet spot, and um, but they determine that that zone, and then that's when we have both the DNR and those people are out on the river trying to keep people at that at that edge there. But yep, yeah, that's something uh, we're looking forward to having this year. Excellent. Okay, I think that was my last question. 
All right. <laughs> thanks for coming over and talking with us, Shane. Uh, thanks for having me. I was glad to be here. All right. That was really great to have Mayor Shane in. Yeah. And great things happening in the city of Wisconsin Rapids. So it's really great to see progress even during our pandemic and seeing how this is all pre-recorded. Definitely want to do a big shout out to all the moms out there. Happy Mother's Day. You're listening to this, hopefully while the children are cooking you breakfast. So happy Mother's Day to everyone out there. And we look forward to talking with you guys again next week. Oh, of course. And and mothers can take all forms and shapes, whether you've adopted your children or you've made them yourselves or they came to you in a, another form or fashion. Right. To all the fur baby mamas out there, too. I of mean, of course, you know, you count as well. So it's always really great to see all the moms out there. So hopefully you guys are enjoying your special day. And it's it's also good to see in the market um, for real estate that things are are trending in the springtime norms as far as things are coming on the market routinely now. Uh, right. We're seeing a lot more homes kind of popping up. Mm-hmm. They're staying on the market a little bit longer. That way we can get some buyers in there to take a look at them. So good signs all around. Fantastic. So Carrie, how can people get a hold of you? They can get a hold of me by calling or texting 715-323. 2577. And of course, we are on all the popular social media platforms, Facebook and Instagram and YouTube, of course, podcast. So if you'd like to share this with other people in the area, we'll, we'll have our podcast link up on our Facebook page or just, you know, search for Carrie Nikolai and it should pop up with your gorgeous face, which they can't see right now because it's on the radio. But Carrie Nikolai is out there. And of course, if you'd like more information on our local listings, real estate for sale, head over to myrapids.com. And right. And if you have any questions that you really would like to have answered, go ahead and email them to at myrapidsradio at gmail.com. All right. So we've got all forms of communication out there. You can text us. You can call us. You can message us through Facebook. You can just, you can even call the main office line and just ask for us directly and they will hook you up. So very easy to get a hold of. Sounds good. Well, happy Mother's Day to everyone, and we wish you a great Central Wisconsin day. All right. Bye-bye.